Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about the mysterious creature with the head of an alligator hiding in the darkened corners of your mind. What's that creature? You want me to steal the Declaration of Independence? Ha, maybe. My name is MT, and I'm here today with off-screen producer Brandon. What's going on, Brandon? Hello, MT, so glad to have you back. I'm, I'm just so excited to have this new show to talk about. I can't even believe Moon Knight season is finally here. I People know. have been clamoring for Moon Knight <laughs> for so long, and we finally have him. Spring has sprung and Moon Knight has wrapped himself in the, the colors of Easter and is ready to, to bring a new season of Marvel upon us. It's Moonlight Savings, baby. <laughs> hey, but what's our big question today, Brandon? Well, MT, we've got the first episode of Moon Knight fresh on our peepers. And now that we know mm. one of Ethan Hawke's character, AKA Arthur Harrow's fetishes, is walking around with glass in his shoes. Oh! We want to know more about this deity that he's doing all this for. So it all leads us to this week's big question. Who is Amut and why is she such a threat mm. to the MCU? Yo, that is a great question. But first of all, back to those uh, the sandals moment. That was uh. probably the most gruesome <laughs> opening to any Marvel or anything that I've ever seen in my days. Like I like my feet yeah. were never the same after that. Also, like, how do you they how cringed. do you how do you not start out that show with the song Walking on Broken Glass? What's Arthur Harrow's like drinking glass budget? Is he going through a glass a day? That's a, excessive. They don't let him stay at hotels. They're like, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't stay here. You keep breaking all the glasses. <laughs> we're leaving the room. Come on. This is why we get plastic cups at hotels now. It's because uh, Arthur Harrow's been breaking all the glasses. But Amit, like many of the mystical beings on the show, has ties to both the comics and real world Egyptian mythology. Because in Egyptian mythology, Amit was known as the devourer of the dead and was often represented by having the body of a lion and hippopotamus with the head of a crocodile. And she was a goddess that would, you know, eat the hearts of those deemed unworthy by Anubis, which is kind of hardcore. Hardcore. Hardcore! And thus unable to enter the underworld. Your worthiness was judged by the weight of your heart against a feather of Mat. And Mat was the concept of truth, harmony, balance, and order in ancient Egypt. If Amit ate your heart, then your soul would never be fully passed onto the underworld mm. and your spirit was doomed to wander around aimlessly for all of eternity. So not a great way to spend your, your dead years. No, um, you exactly. want to be nice. You want to be in the nice underworld, like relaxing, having a cocktail and stuff. Exactly. You want to be wandering around soulless, no exactly. place to you be. Just, you just want to re go retire to the, I don't know, the Florida of the underworld. You don't want to be eaten by Amit. It's just, it's not a good look. Exactly. It's not a good look. So that's what we know about Amit from her place in Egyptian mythology. But what about her place in the Marvel comics? And what might that tell us about her purpose in the Moon Knight show? Because in the comics, Amit plays a very similar role. She was created by one of Earth's elder gods, Oshter, and Oshter is also known as the goddess Mat, thus making the link from the comics to real world mythology. And Amut is a sphinx, which traditionally is a creature with the head of a human, the body of a lion, and the wings of a falcon. And in Amut's case, she represents herself with the head of a crocodile and the body that is a mix of a lion, a leopard, and a hippopotamus, like the movie Madagascar. Another thing that sphinx are known for is asking riddles, something that Amut is known to do in the comics. Wow. And she is a very powerful and magical creature that can control and resist the magic of other beings. So along with consuming the hearts and souls of people, she can also consume the minds and absorb the knowledge of her victims which is which would have come in real handy in college let me tell you that um i mean not that you know i wouldn't kill people for the knowledge but you'd be willing to eat the smart kid in class just to get get that exactly because it's usually the, the snobby he's like mm, 
I know everything. Yeah, I'll eat him first. You big nerd. Bite-sized brains. She's also able to change her form from that of a crocodile-headed creature to that of a human, something that we could potentially see in this series. Her being able to turn into a human in the comics it's something we could see because there's this weird thing with a lot of the Aeneid, Aeneid, however you want to say it, where like mm. they can't necessarily come to Earth directly, right? Like we were talking about this yeah. on an earlier big question with Ra. He can never come into the earthly realm because he's like too powerful or too mystical or something. So he always has to have an avatar. But because Amit's right. not necessarily one of the Aeneid or the Aeneid, uh, maybe she's able to actually form herself on Earth and not have to use an avatar, though she probably will. It seems to be something they like using with these Egyptian gods. I'm really interested to see what they do with the whole avatar concept because like, it seems like, a, yeah, like you said, like a human host is necessary right. for these gods to, to, to be amongst us. I wonder what the MCU justification for that's going to be because yeah. if you're a powerful god, what's going to keep you from going on Earth? Because we saw Odin showing on Earth right. at some point. Like, well, history, and this could so. be a thing. Maybe the Egyptian gods, they got like the short end of the stick from the elder gods and they're like, what the hell? You let the Asgardians mm. come down all the time. Why can't we come down? Mm. We got to use these avatars. And like, that's probably why Khonshu is so angry, right? He's so frustrated. He has to rely on these champions to do his bidding when he's like, I just want to come down to Earth, use my crow head and peck out the eyes of every mother <laughs> that steps to me. <laughs> but instead I got to deal with these guys and, you know, sometimes they have problems and I got to deal with their issues. And they, you know, they got to go to work and they don't want to do what I ask them to do. And it's frustrating. Steve, do you not know how lucky you are to be yeah, able yeah. to kill people on Earth? In that first episode, there's like nothing that he's to like this guy. He's just like, oh, get this idiot out of here. Come on. It's like, all right. Dude, I love how he calls him a parasite. Guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why does he call Steve a parasite? That's so mean. It's actually crushing to him. But one thing that Ahmed is known to do in the comics, in between, you know, eating all those unworthy hearts, is guard the halls of Mott, which contain the throne of bone. That's what they call my bed. You know what I'm talking about? The old throne, the throne of bone. The throne of bone. <laughs> That's so good. I'm going to actually. You can, you can use it. You can, I'll give you that. I'm going to use that for the future. Welcome to the throne of bone. And the sword of bone. And the sword of bone is a powerful mystical weapon that can only be wielded by those deemed worthy. Kind of like, you know, something else that we know, but we, you know, <laughs> we won't talk about that. There's so many items in the MCU or Marvel comics that like you have to be worthy to wield. I mean, come on guys. Seriously. So if you try to use the sword and you're not worthy, it often won't reveal its true powers. And in some cases, may just turn into a normal rib bone. Yeah, in some of the comics, like they go to grab it because it's like part of a, a skeleton and they grab it and it just like, tur it turns into a sword, but then like turns back into a rib and they're like, oh, well, I guess Whoa. this isn't useful at all. I think that's a fun idea for yeah, a yeah. sword. It's like, hey, if you don't if you don't use it right, you're just gonna turn into a regular bone. Depending on what bone it is, you can still kill somebody with it's a, a bone. It's a rib bone, so it's a little sharp. You know, you could you could, yeah. you could do some damage you with it. You could kill somebody with yeah, a bone. Yeah, you could choke someone I mean, with it. Probably not the best thing to bring to a war. No, <laughs> it's just a no, bone. <laughs> no, probably not. But yeah, the Sword of Bone is one of the cornerstones of creation, along with the Darkhold, the Ebon Rose, and the Serpent Crown. And supposedly, if you wield all four of the cornerstones of creation, you could control all of reality, you know, kind of mm. like the Infinity Stones. Yeah. And while guarding the Sword of Bone, Amit would come face to face with the mutant magic. The corrupted Egyptian sorcerer Hekanut. Hekanut? Hekanut? Hekanut. That's Hekanut, dude. <laughs> About to get a heck of nut, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro, heck of nut. Yeah. Welcome to the throne of bone where everyone gets a heck of nut. <laughs> Dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs>
So the corrupted Egyptian sorcerer Hekanut manipulated the mutant magic to travel through time back to the 11th century BC in order to obtain the powerful Sword of Bone. And Ahmed actually helps magic get the sword for Hekanut, knowing that he would not be worthy enough to wield it, and that would be his downfall. And the same Sword of Bone was also attempted to be obtained by the magic wielder Ian McNee. Oh, it's me, McNee. Ian McNee, the magic boy. <laughs> Such a cute little name. He's a cool looking dude. He's got like the nice round glasses. He looks like a hippie. He's a cool guy. He wanted to be the Sorcerer Supreme, so he learned about your magic. And then he challenged Doctor Strange uh, and he lost. No mm. surprise there. I want a, a what if with McNee. <laughs> what what if, if Dr. McNee? What if it were me, Ian McNee, to lead you three? Me, McNee. <laughs> You graduated summa cum laude, I graduated magna cum laude, just behind you, Stephen Strange. <laughs> but one day, Ian McNee shall rise to power. He was on a quest himself to obtain the four cornerstones of creation. And he thought he was doing it at the behest of Oster herself, but it turns out that it was actually Cthon, disguised as Oster, trying to get Ian to bring him all of the four cornerstones. But Ian caught wise to the plan in time and used the cornerstones to banish Cthon to the flickering realms. That's gotta be an annoying place because you're trying to read and like the lights are just flickering all the time. And you're like, this is this annoying, is, uh, this is so very... annoying. All this, all this stuff is like very interesting, MT, like the idea of the cornerstones of creation because we have the Darkhold in the MCU now. I don't know right. if they're gonna get into like the Sword of Bone on like Moon Knight, that seems like a little crazy, but hmm. you know, they've just introduced like the Ebony Blade, another powerful sword, and it's right. like, you know, you have the Dweller in Darkness, which we saw in Shang-Chi. You know, the rings are reaching out to something out there that we don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. We were talking earlier about how these Egyptian gods, they need to use avatars or they speak to the minds of, of humans here on Earth. And that's something that the Dweller right. in Darkness was doing, right? It was speaking to Wenwu. It, did, it couldn't come right. into our dimension because it was blocked off by the wall or the doorway. Right. But like, maybe that's, maybe that's the connection here where like, for whatever re reason, these Aeneid were banished as well, and they're trying to find ways mm. to like get back into our realm, maybe through powerful magical objects that exist here in our realm. I think that that, you're, that is spot on what the entire plan is with this darker phase of the MCU moving forward, because we are seeing, like you said, the, the Ebony Blade was introduced at the end of Eternals. We have the Ten Rings, mm -hmm. which um, seem to be linked to this uh, dark realm or dark beings, like the Dweller in Darkness. And we have the Darkhold, which seems to be linked to some other dark entities in the MCU. So like, it seems that this is very much some type of plan. We don't have a confirmation of the Midnight Suns coming to the MCU quite yet, but you know, Oscar Isaac just brought it up in passing in an interview. Um, and like, it, it just feels like this is with, with Blade being introduced and like, you know, the werewolf by night. Yeah. These dark objects, we're gonna see more and more dark objects being introduced into the MCU slowly. With another adopt object being the symbiote, uh, mm, Spider-Man symbiote yeah. that we'll definitely be seeing in Spider-Man right. 4. So yeah, I think that maybe we could see these cornerstones pop up in the MCU, maybe. And maybe in a different way, maybe not the sword of bone, but like maybe it'll be like, you know, the, the 10 rings will be one of those cornerstones yeah. and the dark hole will be a cornerstone. So I, I would love to see that for sure. Yeah, it does feel um, like the first three phases of the MCU were, you know, like science will save us, right? Tony Stark and all the science he's inventing. Uh, right. You know, the science to make Captain America, the the serums, all, all that stuff, creating vision. Like, yes, there were like the right. Infinity Stones, which were mystical, but it was all about how science is gonna save us. We're, we're right. using science to travel through time, all that stuff, right? Now mm -hmm. it's like science can no longer save you because there's multiverses, there's celestials, there's all these things that your your pitiful human science can't stop. Uh, so it's gonna be all about like these mystical items and this dark magic and how do we fight right. 
the darkness that lives inside of us. Before, it was all about like the science approach to energy in the MCU, mm -hmm. and now we're going to the magic approach to energy in the MCU. And that's just, I don't know, more fun, because now we get Way to see uh, crazy things like Moon Knight happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, surprisingly, Ahmad hasn't shown up too much in the Moon Knight comics. And one time, Khonshu sent Mark Spector to a fake mental hospital, one that just existed as an illusion, but in an effort to fully break down Mark's mind. And it was in this illusion that Ahmad possessed a psychiatrist known as Dr. Emmett. And in this instance, Khonshu and Ahmad were working together. Mm. So that's a little look at what we know about Ahmad from the comics. But... What makes her so threatening in the Moon Knight program? Because it looks like we have a main villain in Arthur Harrow, who isn't a heavy hitter in the comics, doing all this work on behalf of Amit, who, again, isn't a big-time goddess. Like, she's not one of the Aeneid, so is she a big threat to our world here? That's a great question, MT. I mean, it, it's tough to say. It does seem like in that first episode, they, we even have uh, Stephen slash Mark Spector, but it was Stephen at the time, pointing out like, oh, this poster of the Ennead or Aeneid or right. however you want to say it, right? That, that seems to be a big focus here, but uh, Alma is not one of those, right? She's not one of the, the top nine. In fact, she works under them. She works under Anubis. Now we did have that like right. weird jackal creature in the first episode that Moon Knight has to put the beat down on. But I don't think that's Anubis, right? That's just like a demon dog or something, right? That's one, that's yeah, a lackey. Yeah, just like a, you know. Yeah, so yeah. maybe like Amit is using Arthur Harrow and they're all working together for Anubis, right? I feel like Anubis is at the top of this, mm. this whole food chain. Uh, on a previous big question I did with Jessica, we were talking about how in the comics, Anubis has this whole scheme to like steal Ra's heart to gain Ra's power, mm. to take over the Aeneid. Uh, they hide away uh, Ra's heart in Africa, and that's what becomes the heart-shaped herb and all that stuff. Mm. I'm wondering if this is a similar situation here, where like Anubis, for whatever reason, wants to get into our realm and can't do it, so he needs like Amit to help, but maybe Amit needs to power up by getting some more hearts. Maybe because people don't believe in Egyptian mythology anymore, the gods are less powerful. I don't know. It doesn't seem to affect the Asgardians, right? Very few people believe in Norse mythology, mm. but their power still works here on Earth. But maybe for some reason, like Egyptian, the Egyptian gods, they need people to believe in them in order to have more power. I don't know. What do you think? Interesting. No, I really like the idea of, like you just brought up, of like the the gods potentially like using Harrow. Were, were you saying like sucking, like sucking the energy, like yeah, yeah, like, like they people? use because right, we saw how Arthur Harrow is able to like use his little right. his cane scale, which is so. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you go let him do that? <laughs> I'm not going to trust some guy to just tell me that his tattoo says I'm good hey, man, that old lady <laughs> looks like she was up to no good, I Brandon. know, right? No good. He dropped that old bitch. He was like, you dead. Yo, where was Captain Marvel when we needed her to be like, <laughs> What happened? Good? Yeah, why does the MCU hate old people? Old Seriously. people, they gotta go. <laughs> it does seem like strange, like, he has this power to, like, allow people to die. And I guess... He's saying it's like Emma working through him, but is it? I still think he might actually mm. be uh, Anubis, like in disguise or something, or like an avatar of Anubis. Well, but I, I feel like is that is is the power getting transferred through Arthur Harrow into Amma? I honestly think that like, when you brought that up, I was like, oh my god, this reminds me a lot of Shang Chi. I know, where, right? Like, this yeah. is exactly what those like little squid guys were doing when the they were like, out, sucking yeah, yeah. all the souls from people to feed to the dweller in darkness. And like that's a really good idea. Like that could exactly be what's happening here. Ahmed is collecting souls to you know maybe just power up for some some grand purpose because they're they're not as strong as they used to be. Yeah, all these creatures from the dark dimension is like you guys are over here fighting about 
oil and stuff. That's, that's useless. Forget your oil. It's souls, baby. You got to be drilling for souls. <laughs> drill, baby, drill. <laughs> hey, capitalism sucks, soul all, sucks souls yeah, all the time. Tell me uh, about it, brother. <laughs> and while you're here, support us at <laughs> New Rock City. <laughs> Get ready for the ad that's coming hey, we, up shortly We soon. love capitalism here at New Rockstar. It's great. <laughs> We're a big fan of it. Hooray. Yeah, I, I definitely could see um, Ahmed like slowly playing Harrow and like saying like, oh yeah, Harrow, you're on this huge, like really great justified right. journey to make heaven on earth. But like you're actually just uh, feeding me with uh, the, all the good souls that I need. Do you think Ahmed's like the ultimate big bad here? Or do you think there's someone pulling her strings to get Arthur Harrow to do his stuff. I think that this could be a case of somebody impersonating as Ahmet. I think that we could be looking as, because there's also the Egyptian god Sobek, who also plays a role in um, that uh, Moon Knight series that you were talking about, where um, uh, Moon Knight was in this illusion uh, hospital. Yeah, I feel like Sobek is also this crocodile god that right. could actually be just pulling the strings here. And I don't know why I get this vibe, but like, I just feel like Ahmet is being framed. Um, here. Yeah, it and, does seem uh, like isn't it's actually the big bad. To get it right in the first episode, it does seem like, ah, this can't be like the final stage here, right? Ahmed, yeah. Ahmed is just a tool of Anubis. Ahmed is there to eat the dead, yeah. to devour the dead. But like, what is the bigger purpose of, of Ahmed, you know, doing these things, collecting these souls? There's something at play here. And like, it's definitely linked to, in my opinion, the dark realm of the MCU. Like, wherever the Dweller of Darkness came from, wherever, um, you know, your, your Dormammus or come from, like the dark dimensions, like these dark beings, it's definitely one of these beings that is, is probably just messing with, with all the humans, like Arthur Harrow. And that one little clip we've seen in some of the promo materials of like the Egyptian room that, that Mark Spector like walks into, or maybe Steven, I don't know who he is at that point, walks into, <laughs> and there's that woman with the red dress. Do you think that could be Amit? Or do you think maybe that's someone else? I think that de that could definitely be her for sure. Cause like, I mean, it seems like we're in some type of chamber of like, you know, powerful gods. With with the way that she's dressed, she's dressed like she's standing out for somebody. So I think we could be seeing Amit here. Maybe, or at least maybe like our human avatar, right? Someone speaking on her behalf. Yes, the human avatar of Amit okay. in red. All in all with Amit, like how big, like do you think she's gonna actually survive Moon Knight and like be a bigger threat moving mm. on in the MCU? I think this, story of the Aeneid, Aeneid, whatever you want to call mm. it. I think it is going to wrap up with Moon Knight. I don't know if it's going to have like far-reaching complications for the MCU. The Aeneid's connection to like dark magic is going to have like a bigger play in this. Like whatever mm. the result, I don't think Amit survives this series. I think they defeat Amit for whatever purpose they mm. need to. But can you really defeat Amit forever? I don't know. If I don't know if you can kill these Egyptian gods and goddesses like for good good i don't know if they're dead dead if mm. kill them, right? but i think they're gonna stop her but i think it's gonna lead into the darker magic problems of the mcu and that's gonna help get moon knight kind of connected to some of the other more mystical entities out there your blades your black midnight Knights, suns your midnight suns your doctor stranges uh yeah i think <laughs> i think that's the danger that's the ultimate danger that amit that's the threat she poses here, is that she is another conduit for dark magic that can be used 
right. against the the forces of good in the MCU. But before we continue, NewRockstarsMerch.com just released our newest latest Obsession shirt, the one inspired by Moon Knight, and it looks absolutely incredible. And these are limited edition shirts that are not only cool and collectible, but they also directly support us here at New Rockstars and help us make all of our content. And it really, really does help us a lot. So check out the Moon Knight latest Obsession shirt and other great Moon Knight merch over at NewRockstarsMerch.com. Please, we would love if you do that. Before we dive into our bite-sized questions next, some words from the people that help bring big question to you people like mint mobile because if saving money is on your 2022 agenda why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for wireless switching to mint mobile is the easiest way to save this year and as the first company to sell premium wireless service online only mint mobile lets you maximize your savings with plans starting at just 15 dollars a month and we've got an editor and a host here at new rockstars that switched to mint mobile recently and they absolutely love it like they get to keep their phones and their numbers and they're saving a ton of of money. And by going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. And all plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And with Mint Mobile, choose the amount of monthly data that's right for you and stop paying for data that you just never use. And switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped right to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash big Q. That's mintmobile.com slash big Q. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash big Q. In March of this year, someone paid $2.4 million for Marvel Comics issue number one. It wasn't me. Don't ask. Don't come to my house to try and steal it. <laughs> uh, just like me, you probably weren't one of the top bidders for that comic. But what if you could invest in the most valuable comics and collectibles in the world, even if you don't have a spare million or two lying around? That's where Masterworks comes in. The art and collectibles market is valued at $1.7 trillion. That's trillion with a T. Oh, we got trouble right here in River City. And that market is expected to grow another $900 billion by 2026. Masterworks is the first platform that enables you to access this market at reasonable price points. All thanks to their revolutionary approach where they purchase items and register them with the SEC so members on their platform can buy shares of specific items. It's awesome for collectors and it diversifies your finances. Having a piece of a famous comic or a Banksy or a Warhol painting is a little more fun than a random mutual fund. Masterworks is giving our listeners special VIP access. Just go to masterworks.art slash big question. Masterworks.art slash big question. See important regulation A disclosures at masterworks.io slash CD. Nice. Well, nice. Brandon, now it is time for our bite sized questions. Oh, I love a tasty little bite sized question. <laughs> Does each universe in the multiverse have their own set of celestials? And this is from Senior Snook 16 on Twitter. Thank you, Senior Snook. Yes, well, Senior Snook, that's a yes and a no. It's a little complicated. So let's start at the beginning, the very beginning, in the comics when there was just one universe known as the First Firmament. Oh, and wasn't it beautiful? Uh, it's during this time that the Celestials that we know rebelled against another group of Celestials known as the Aspirants. That's right. Those celestials that we have that we think are just old boomers telling us what to do, they were actually the cool young rebels at one point. It was during the celestial war that uh, the, the first firmament or the first universe was broken into multiple universes, right. creating the first multiverse. Whoa, it happened. Whoa. So since the celestials created the multiverse, they get to have special modding abilities in the multiverse. What? That's not fair. And therefore they're present within each multiverse. 
but their presence is not like the fully fledged variants that we know. We have a copy of a living being in each multiverse and they're all different and they're separate and they're separate variants, right? No, 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 that's not how yeah. celestials work. The Celestials <laughs> exist in each multiverse as an avatar with each one linked to their main Celestial. So if you kill right. a Celestial in your universe, you have not necessarily killed it completely. You just wiped out its avatar. Uh, it can respawn mm. again. So that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, baby. There have been instances in the comics of Celestials being killed and reborn, um, such as Exeter, who's been killed by both Sue Storm and Thor, and he's still around and mm. he keeps on ticking. The fact that Sue Storm killed Exitar is uh, kind of crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Fantastic he's, Four... He's not a Celestial that is uh, weak at all. <laughs> yeah, they get around and they do some damage, uh, guys. Watch out for those Fantastic Four. They're dangerous. Picture that. But everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Marvel's first <laughs> family is, is here to kill, baby. Perfect. MT, did you know if you if you kill all the Celestials and only except one and just one Celestial is left alive, that that one Celestial can then like respawn all the other Celestials all over again. You got to kill them all if Hold. you want to get them all dead. That is bananas. That could mean that the Tiama in the MCUs that, that was killed or prevented from like, you know, being being born. Uh, he's not fully mm. dead, right? He could just be reborn again. They could just plant him in another planet and start all over again. Like, I, w I hope that's true because, like, then maybe Arishem would be less mad at the Eternals for what they did. It's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Well, he's still gonna be pissed. He does. It's not. The, it's, <laughs> MT. It's not what they did. It's the fact that they talk back to him. He doesn't appreciate that. It's true. He's just really yeah. disappointed in their actions. It's like, guys, just. Kill the entire human race. What's the yeah. big deal? What's the big deal? There's, there's, there's tons of there's tons of aliens all over the place getting killed all the time. Who cares about the humans? Who cares? Right? Who cares? It's just, you know. But of course, MT, we don't know if this is how it works in the MCU. We assume this is how it works in the MCU. Right. Uh, they haven't fully codified that, but I, it's probably the same that like the the celestials we have in the MCU are just avatars. I feel like the Marvel comics can do a lot more crazier shit than the MCU which yeah. seem to have a lot more concrete rules and and realism. They got a they got a lot of comic books to write, guys. They got a lot of stories to tell. It's true. <laughs> Things are going to get crazy. <laughs> and we love them all. But Brandon, I got another bite-sized question for you. Thank you for that first one. That's a lot of good knowledge there, but can you answer this one? Mm. Can the Flash from DC Comics run in outer space? And this Ooh. is from Alice churn chain on twitter thank you alice yes yes so you're asking if you put the speedy little flash in the vacuum of space how would he run around if he didn't have any ground to push off of or like any gravity exactly anything, right? he may not be able to run in space but he could move parts of his body fast enough to generate thrust mm. like he could take his little finger and he could wave it back and forth like kind of fast enough and create a little energy and like push himself through space a little bit. Yes, that's a, that's a, the key to a good marriage, Brandon. <laughs> ah, tell me about it. <laughs> Welcome to the throne of bone. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and in the Silver Age, uh, they would have him move through space at nearly the speed of light by basically vibrating the atoms inside of his body and then like ejecting mm. them with enough force. I mean, guys. Jeez. The speed force is a weird thing that can do whatever it wants. <laughs> I, I love anything that has to deal with the flash vibrating his atoms to get himself out of a situation because it's just so, mm. it's like God mode. It's like, I can do anything. Yeah, I'm just going to vibrate my atoms. My atoms. <laughs> don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> um, there's also been like plenty of instances of the flash or like other speedsters breaking escape velocity, meaning they generate mm. enough speed to like leave Earth's orbit 
Like I think there's one time like mm. Kid Flash, he's like they're like racing or something. He's like, don't go too fast, or you won't you'll reach escape velocity. And he's like, what's that? And he's like, whoops. And he just like starts floating away. And the idea being like, you're going so fast that you can't even stop because like gravity doesn't work anymore. And like, you're just going to keep going right. and going forever. So the Flash can't like run in space, but he can certainly move. Uh, he's not, mm. you can't stop the Flash by putting him in a vacuum. It's not going to work. Thank you, Brandon, for those amazing answers. But now it is time for our box of scraps. Oh, box, box of scraps. scraps. Box of scraps. Built in a cave with a box of scraps. Built in a cave with a box of scraps. The box of scraps. Brandon, or should I say William, scientist mm. William from mm. Iron Man 1, mm. a box of scraps. Uh, if you had to work in a museum, what exhibit would you want to be in charge of? Oh, oh that's interesting. Well, you know, MT, I, I would love to be a tour guide in a museum. Uh, I think that would be like the most fun. Poor Stevie Grant wants to be a tour guide so bad and he was so, he's so good with kids. You know, let him, let him be mm. a tour guide. I think I would want to be in charge of like a really cool exhibit where I could give a tour talking about like medieval torture devices. Cause I think that would be like very Ooh. cool and dark and scary. And you could use a lot of fun voices. Uh, you could really freak out the kids <laughs> by showing them like, oh, would you like to be trapped inside of this Iron Maiden? Uh, though I have read, <laughs> I have read a lot of like what we consider to be medieval torture devices aren't real. Like they were made up during like the Victorian era, era when like, you know, museums were coming to prominence and they'd be like, oh, look at this ancient thing we found where they would put people on. Them they just and, made them up. Yeah, they would just make shit up to be like, oh, isn't this freaky? Now, don't get me wrong, MT. There are plenty of torture devices that very much existed throughout uh, his human Phew! history. And humans, <laughs> humans have done a lot of messed up stuff to each other. And you know what? We still keep doing it. Uh, but it's sometimes true. we make up the messed up stuff we do to each other and that's even more fun. Uh, so yeah, I would be that, that guy at the museum who takes you on like the dark exhibit, but then is also telling you, you know what, this is BS. Don't, don't buy into this. This is, this is not true. This is, this is a fake game. This is a fake game. What about you, MT? I would probably be in some type of like space museum because I oh, love space okay. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like I just love looking at like, you know, exploring like galaxies and like freaking black holes and like the science of all that. So like if I just had all that knowledge in my brain to be like, hey, kids, come on over. Here's a black hole that could kill you at any moment. <laughs> like come learn about this. Um, it's just I love that type of stuff. I think I think it'd be a, a good museum docent. MT, I would listen. I would listen to your your facts. Oh man, that'd just be me rambling. They'd, they'd probably just kick me out. They would they would just assume that I was the man who just walked in <laughs> and like um just decided to start talking about museum stuff. Who is but this no, man? I actually work there. I'm just a weird person. Uh, anyway, that is it for this episode of Big Question. Thank you so much to Brandon for joining me on this episode. Please follow him at Grin and Barrick on Twitter because he tweets some great stuff. Follow me at Mastertainment on Twitter to see me tweet some really weird shit. But most importantly. Follow New Rockstars here on YouTube and all social media platforms because that really helps us a lot. And make sure to hit the notification bell so you can get notifications every time we upload a video. And if you want to continue the conversation, our New Rockstars Discord server is now open to the public. Just please make sure you are 18 years old and older. But anyways, thank you guys so much again for watching. We love you guys so much and we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye. Adios.